Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 362. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Yes, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscri- uh, subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our sports podcast right after this. I won't be on that uh, just due to some scheduling. But you're stuck with me for entertainment, guys. And um, we've had rain um, like last year. It's deja vu. We are a third world country when it comes to, uh, you know, drains. So there's floods and all of my devices freaked out this morning. Um, basically just told me to buy a boat. I don't know. About <laughs> how have you guys been doing? Uh, it's I, had its moments. I'm actually kind of impressed by uh, our systems of flood control and everything. Uh, I myself went over and uh, ran down to a, there's a Peters Canyon Creek. I don't know if you, you know about uh, that f- goes down towards like the back bay and everything. And I went, I'm like, I want to go see what this looks like right now. And it looks like the fucking Mississippi River. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool how those things work where you're like, oh, why do these even exist? There's no water in them. And then when there's a heavy rain, you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Uh, so the Santa Ana River bed and all that, that is great. Um, I drove past that a few times on the freeway by the train station and the pod. And yeah, it's insane. Um, but have you seen like the flooding more or so in like LA County and San Diego, San Diego, just they're gone. Um, <laughs> like all it's probably, you know, an underground kind of Katrina situation where they're below sea level or, or something. But I don't know. You're just gonna have to make that a, a mountain or something. Just build a, a, on top of it. Yeah. Like, uh, like in Greece, the, uh, what's the thing called? The Parthenon up on a hill. Oh, I thought you were talking about the movie, John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> we know how Andy's a big Grease Lightning fan, so yeah, like that, Andy. That's 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 very good. Uh, but this does appear to be the end of this uh, storm. Um, yeah. We have cold coming, which is super cool. Now something else for us Californians to complain about for not being 70 degrees every hour of the day for a couple of days. Uh, we have 40s coming up. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I wanted to hit the pool, so that's disappointing to me. I'm yeah. Trying to, trying to force summer into existence. It'll happen. You know, I had a seltzer already today. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I need, I need to quench my thirst with a scorcher of a yeah. day. It's, Just it's, so you guys know, we're recording this podcast at 930 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, any other rain stories? I, I've been not on the road a whole lot. Um, yesterday was fine. <clears throat> today was a little heavier rain when I was driving, but... Um, Empty enough freeway when I would be on the road. Yeah, actually, I do have a little rain situation here because uh, so for my job, you know, I work in landscape. So uh, when it's raining outside, our guys don't come in and I'm basically sitting there doing like busy work on the computer. And that's pretty much how the day was going yesterday until about two o'clock when uh, my boss, also a good friend of ours, uh, producer Luke, was like, hey, I need your help with something. And uh, one of the local high schools around there that we maintain um, <clears throat> had some flooding going on in one of their planter areas. And the issue was, cause for the longest time I was sitting there like, why are we doing this? Like, what do we, cause what we Luke did was he got one of those like pump things where it's, you know, it's got like almost like the, it's like a little pump that looks like a little fire extinguisher or lantern, but it's, it's really heavy. It's like 50 pounds and it's, uh, got like, you know, uh, like a little firefighter hose kind of thing attached to it. So it pumps out through there and then, you know, it squirts out. 
And, you know, basically, so we had to go over there and we had to dig. And the whole time I'm wondering, like, why are we even having to do this? And I realized, I found out, like, towards the end that it was because the water was actually going into the wall, which was actually going, like, there was a way for, it was going into one of the classrooms. Oh, boy. So one of the classrooms was getting wet. So we get there. And of course, this, like I said, this is around 2, 2.15 now. So it's when school's about to get out. And it's also a rainy day, which makes it times 10 of how much of a shit show it is. And... I'm there and Luke's like, hey, I need you to dig like a little trench or whatever. So I'm over there digging and he's like, oh, I need to go back. I for-. like, thankfully the school is literally a quarter mile, like a half mile from us. He's like, oh, I need to go get a, uh, a coupling. So he leaves. Mind you, when he leaves, it's 2.15. About right when he leaves, and I shit you not, the biggest downpour of the day begins. And it's pouring. And I am like helpless and i'm sitting there and about like 10 15 15 20 minutes goes by and i'm finally i call him and my phone could barely even like you know work because the moment water gets on your iphone Wait, you Android, just whatever, in the rain <clears throat> i'm digging in the rain but so where i was sitting where i was at we were it was like kind of like this little there's a bunch of plants in there like trees above me so i wasn't like getting i mean i was getting soaking wet but it wasn't like it was at least going through plants and stuff so it wasn't like it was as if i was in like the rainforest okay and I'm in there digging and then finally I call him and I was it like, are you coming back? He's like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm out here trying to get back in because of the traffic. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So then finally he gets back in and you know, we're starting to like, you know, we're kind of getting things set up at this point. I'm drenched. My feet are, my shoes are so, were so muddy to the point where I couldn't even wear them to work today. Like that's my jeans are drenched. And then finally he's like, oh, I gotta go back again and get a different kind of coupling. So he's like, hey, just do a little, another little trench here. And I'm doing that. And of course, where I began to trench where he told me to, there's some roots from some of the plants that are over there. So now I'm, I got my shovel and I'm like, slamming it down so I could break the roots. And then what ends up happening is I, you know, it's water's in there. I hit water and it shoots back up straight into oh, my yeah. eye. And I'm like, you've got to be, f-. I was at that point, I was just wanting to give up because now it's like 3 45. Mind you, I'm usually out of the office by like 3, 3.15 at the latest. And on a rain day, it's like I jet out of there at like 2.45. And now I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So finally, we're about to be done. And I had had my phone out. And all of a sudden, my phone was already cracked. And now all of a sudden, I look at it and it's just on the Apple screen. And then it just kept mm. going on and off with the Apple screen. And sure enough, it had gotten water damage into the crack. So the phone basically broke. And thankfully, I had uh, my dad had given me his old phone because uh, he had gotten a new one like a couple months ago. But I was just lazy to take it in to like switch it over. So I was like, well, I got to switch it over now. So, you know, ended up having to deal with that yesterday, which I guess in the better hindsight is it's like, you know, I got a better phone and didn't have to pay anything. But it was still a pain in the ass to have, you know, no phone for about an hour and a half and then drive all the way to the AT&T store. And I was just I was defeated. That was probably the most defeated I think I've been in a while where it was just like. One bad thing after another. And when you're that soaking wet, especially in your own clothes, you're just miserable. And oh, I yeah. was miserable. You it, know, so I was, yeah, that sucked. It reminds me, you're like Principal Edward Rooney in Ferris Bueller's backyard. <laughs> you know, and then did your car get towed and you had to ride the school bus home? <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I, I wish it did. <laughs> no, but I mean, I know it was, it was ridiculous. I was, you know. But it is what it is, you know, thankfully. Uh, and then we actually went back there this morning. I was having like PTSD because he went back there this morning at eight when school's starting. And I'm like, what oh, are we gosh. doing? Why have we not learned? Well, he and lives I kid next you not, to a school too. He should know the hours. Yeah. And I kid you not, it started pouring again. And I'm like, 
but thankfully the pump was working. He even said, we both had different shoes on today because both of our work shoes were ruined. He's like, yeah, I don't even want to get in there. So he was able to do the pump and then it sprayed water out. And of course, like right on some cars, it's driving by it. And I'm like, whatever, it's it's raining anyway. That <laughs> yeah, car's got what's coming. But this was uh, the private school over there, Orange Lutheran. So the reason I bring that up is because here I am in the parking lot and it's, I went to public school. We didn't see Bentleys and Maseratis in the parking lot like you see over there. Like these parents dropping their kids off in Bentleys, Maseratis. And I saw something that I, I would, I kind of find interesting. I'd like to hear what you guys think of this. We're sitting there waiting yesterday and, you know, people are coming to pick up their kids. And I see one car coming up and it's got an Uber Lyft thing on it. And then I see this girl that was probably junior at the oldest opens the car. Oh, for Stephanie. And I'm like, you got to be like, this girl's just Ubering home. And I'm like, I mean, I guess, but Whole new world. I mean, it's, yeah, new especially those private schools. It's like, you know, those, their parents probably give them like an Uber balance. Like, and honestly, as a parent, you got the money to Uber your kid home every day. Like, I don't see why not. I'd rather spend 50 bucks. You know, let's say depending on where she lives, 50, 60 bucks a week on Ubers, than drive through that madness. The few times and yeah, I went to public school as well. The few times I, I was able to get, a you know, picked up by my parents. They're always like, well, walk eight blocks that way. I'm not dealing with that mess of traffic. Oh yeah, I, why can't yeah. kids I had to do get that? Picked up at, I had to go. To, I had to go to Ralph's to get picked up. So, See, that would make more sense. Out. It's closer. I don't know. I'll, maybe it wasn't <clears throat> even my mom picking me up. I, I don't think my mom ever picked me yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did the whole carpool thing. My parents never picked me up. My parents were both, you know, nine to five jobs and stuff like that growing up. So it was like they never. I always had to like find a way, you know, I think I carpooled my junior. I mean, my, uh, in middle school was able to walk. I went to childcare and uh, elementary school. And then when I was like too old for that around like sixth grade, I walked home. I was close enough. And then yeah, junior year was, I mean, not junior, I keep saying that uh, middle school, seventh and eighth grade was carpool with uh, local kids in the neighborhood and their parents. And my mom would do pickup on like one day a week, I think. So I think it was like, you know, she was able to get off, like, you know, take a lunch break or get off early on Thursdays or something. And then high school, I think freshman year, it was a uh, same thing. Carpooled with a good friend of mine who was in the neighborhood. And then sophomore year, I remember it was uh, one of my good friends also in the neighborhood, his older brother. And I remember he drove this little like Thunderbird car and I'll never forget those winters. And I know I act like, you know, we're in Michigan, but some of those winter mornings were like, you know, in the high mid thirties. And it was this little car, leather seats. And I always will remember, like, I had to walk there. And then it was, like, freezing cold in the car. And I remember we'd always, like, joke around, like, putting the, you know, like, always getting excited when we'd turn the heater on and have to defrost the windows because it was so intense. But Oh, yeah. good times. Yeah, it was yeah. found a way. That's how it went. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the next story is kind of right up this alley, but in an ominous handy kind of a way, a school shooting. Yeah, so uh, I was actually looking at this. Uh, I was kept coming across this article about uh, back in uh, 2021, there was a school shooting at a Michigan school and four students were killed. And um, I forget the, I don't see it. The kid's name was like something crumbly. But uh, anyway, there was a, let's see, hold on. I got it right here. Um, whatever. Anyway. The kid's name was uh, something crumbly <laughs> and his uh, Ethan crumbly. There it is. And so the whole thing, which is interesting about this story is it was on trial because obviously the kid's still alive 
And it was the what happened this time. And I know we've always said this before. I know, Sean, you've been big on it about like, you know, the bad parenting. Like, where are the parents when these school shootings happen? Well, in this instance, the kid tried reaching out for to his mother for help. And she would ignore him because his mother was too busy having a lot of sex parties. And one of the guy, one of the people she what? would have these sex parties with was a local firefighter and she would meet him on a what was called a site called adultfriendfinder.com or something like that and they have the you know the receipts if you will the messages of you know going back and forth and she was having orgies and sex parties and would basically tell him to go away and uh you know for people that have watched the movie the show mindhunter that was how a lot of these serial killers started was their mothers would neglect them when they would go for help and so for the first time ever she just got charged today for a manslaughter so they've actually, for the, and they said it's the first time ever that the parent was actually charged for one of these uh, teen school shootings. And uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, bad parenting, neglected parenting actually uh, made her get charged for manslaughter. So, you know, kind of uh, definitely interesting. Definitely yeah. a, uh, a thing here. I'm surprised it's not more common practice, but I, at I the think same, it will be now. At the same time, there's a couple of aspects at play here. So, Mm-hmm. Odds are most of these parents are not, you know, the DA or, you know, a heavy duty accountant or a lawyer, or, you know, have a real job. Most of them, I would say it's a safe bet. But if they have other kids, what happens to those kids? They go the way of, uh, you know, different strokes and some old man has to adopt them or something. <laughs> Who's going to watch those kids if you lock up the parents? But you're doing a disservice to them potentially if they don't, the parents don't reform. So, it's a mess. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good point. Like, uh, but I mean, maybe in that situation, maybe these kids, they don't know it now, but maybe these kids are, you know, if she's got like an 11, 12 year old, maybe they're better off with different parents. Yeah. I mean, that you know, old maybe man they, I mean, showed the, you I, know, Gary Coldman and his older brother, you know, a much better life. I, I think. Yeah. I'm also thinking of, uh, I also think of uh, Danny Glover and angels in the outfield when he ends up getting to adopt them at the end. Yeah. I believe. Does so yeah, here that's what it, that's the answer. Danny Glover needs to adopt all of these kids. And look, I mean, look where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is now. Yeah, he's, he's doing great. Actor. I don't know yeah. what, whatever happened to the other little he guy died. in that movie. The little oh, he died. Is he the little kid? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Andy keeps very frequent status on every person. In that movie. <laughs> Let's look this guy up. Yeah, well, Just, I like how you grabbed the phone. You got a full computer ahead of you, Andy. Uh, but I'm already out on the phone. Yeah, that's uh, and also like you know the the lady that was also uh, I feel like that's one of those movies where it had the connection because I know that movie came out around the time of Angels. I mean of uh, Home Alone because the lady that was like the foster care like lady in charge, she was also like the lady with all the pigeons on her in the first Home Alone. Mm, that was the second one. I you mean, know, there's a, a yeah the second a conspiracy one conspiracy theory right. that that's Piers York. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. It kind of does look like a girl <laughs> version of him. That's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the holiday. But you know, have you you've seen those things? Like, I see a lot of those things where they're like, "Oh, this movie actually connects to that." Because I guess apparently there's a scene in a uh, the new Wonka movie where he flips a coin and it goes down a drain. And I guess they said in the original Willy Wonka, uh, Charlie, that's the quarter he finds in the drain that he gets that actually he buys the chocolate bar with that gets him the golden ticket. Oh wow. So I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of fun when movies do stuff like that, where they're like, oh, hey, let's have there be an instant where Wonka's flipping a coin and loses it. And then, you know, here we are years later. It's going to be the coin that Charlie grabs. So this little kid. Feather and Forrest Gump. He did not not make it in the acting world. 
Yeah. But it looks like he still is alive. So there you go. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, because he's got to be about our age, right? Or no, Milton no, way Davis older. Jr. He was probably born in like, oh, what, he's like probably like seven in 94. Yeah. So he's not that much older. I guess that's true. You guys are older than me. I guess you are an 80s baby. I like there's an article. It's like, what are they doing now? It's like, I don't know. Matthew McConaughey is alive. <laughs> Adrian Brody is alive. Who'd Adrian Brody play in that movie? Uh, one of the angels in the outfield. I don't know. He was an outfielder, I think. He get, he's the one who gets floated. And gets I know. Catch, right? In center field. I know. Yeah. I know Matthew McConaughey was in right field. And then who's the, the pitcher was? What's his face? Uh, fuck, I know his name. He's a popular guy. You should, uh, uh, Dermot Mulroney was in it. The pitcher, I recently Tony watched Danza. This, I don't remember. I think Tony Danza's the pitcher, right? He's in in the movie. I don't remember. Yeah, no, he's the pitcher then. Yeah, and then obviously, oh, my favorite Taylor Negron plays the uh, the assistant. Oh yeah, yeah. Pranking and stuff. And when he sits on the nachos. Yeah. Yeah, we've uh, that's a that's a great. You know, that's one of those movies that's it's like uh, he's dead. Okay. Well, that Bad was January at the age of not <laughs> January 2015 at the age of 57. <laughs> The guy that they get prank a lot? Yeah. What what he pass away from? Too many pranks. Cancer. Oh shit. Damn, mm. that's a bummer. Well, yeah, so I guess the moral <laughs> of that story is be an active and good parent. Don't yeah. be so focused on having your orgies to fill the void in your own life. Yeah, and I'm sure she's gonna regret those orgies now. I mean yeah. she's uh you know gonna... I mean she's never gonna get her job at Lowe's back. So yeah, no, yeah, I don't know uh, what her job was, but yeah, you're right. She is not going to get it back. But yeah, that's, uh, I just thought that was an interesting story. I know I don't usually bring a lot of news. I know it's mostly YouTube, but I uh, saw that and I was like, yeah, that seems worth talking about. So yeah. interesting nonetheless. Whew. All right, well, uh, also weird that we got into some cancer talk. Uh, Carl Weathers and Toby Keith passed away since our last podcast. I am a much more... Uh, familiar with Carl Weathers, of course, uh, Chubbs, Peterson, uh, Pro Tour, and uh, plenty of other great movies, Predator, uh, Creed. So, very yeah. sad. I can't say I know much about Toby Keith. I'm only new to the country music yeah, circuit. That's more me. I know a decent, I know a good amount about Toby Keith. Yeah, I said stuff. I can't keep any of those people. I can't keep their names. There's like seven names and they just kind of mix and match. All their their songs about are about beer or bars or some way. And you make it sound like a bad thing. I know. I guess (laughs) it's not a bad thing just, but it's it's hard to be like, oh, that guy's the one who sang the one about the bar. God, country and drinks. Toby Keith, I think he was a big, big, like stereotypical one of all that stuff. So I'll just go into that really quick since I'm, you know, the one that probably knows him the most of the three of us, but it was a, it was a bummer to hear this morning. I mean, when I first heard of Toby Keith, it was my uh, parents, you know, when I was a young kid, they went to one of his concerts and I remember hearing about him and uh, there was a lot, he just had like catchy jams, you know, like, you know, like the, I love this bar beer for my horses. You know, he had, it was very patriotic guy. No, I did see, yeah, he's the guy who wrote that song after nine 11 where it's like, we'll kick your ass. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's kind of embarrassing in my mind. That didn't age well. Um, Yeah. I don't, was, I don't think we did a lot of ass kicking over the last 20 years over there. Uh, I don't know if that's how I describe what we did, but uh, you know. definitely not with this presidency we got going on either. I, but. I, I understand what he was going for at the time, but uh. yeah, they, uh, but anyway, he's a big patriotic guy served for our country. So you got to, you know, give him kudos for that. And so, yeah, it was a bummer to hear this morning when I woke up to it. Cause I didn't re- even know he was sick, but yeah, he had a stomach cancer and uh, that's a, yeah, that's a brutal one. And there was a, someone that I knew that, uh, you know, it was a bartender at a 
that restaurant that used to be in uh, the Honda Center. It's not, I think it's just like whatever, but it used to be like the fly, I don't know, something O or something like that. But uh, he, uh, I was Anding following him home. on, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then I followed him on Instagram and he would also bartend at the fair and a couple of our friends knew him pretty well, but I just knew him from, you know, getting drinks from him and he was a cool guy and he got stomach cancer last year and it's, it's crazy I, I thing to watch. Guy. I remember going to the fair time and you guys were like, hey, that's the guy. Yeah. And he like gave us. Oh, I remember he, I asked for a Jack and Coke and I don't think there was any Coke in it. I think okay. it was literally whiskey, three quarters to the brim and I was charged for like a single and I'm like, holy shit, dude, I don't even want this. But uh, I watched his whole thing through stomach cancer and it's a, it's a gnarly thing. I mean, it just completely transforms you. Obviously, get really skinny. I, you know, obviously it being in the stomach, I'm assuming your food's not going down well. You're yeah, throwing up a lot. One of my favorite organs, you know? Yeah. A very important organ. And uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a bummer. Like I said, I didn't know he was sick, but, uh, you know, only, only 62. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's life is, you know, crazy. I mean, it's one of those things that it like, I don't know about you guys, but when I hear like, you know, when you hear these, see these guys die at like, you know, in their early sixties, it's like, it is kind of scary. Cause you think like, oh shit, I'm in my thirties now. And it's like, and I'll keep, you know, a few years I'll be, or a handful of years hey, I'll people be die in, in their thirties all the time. Too, yeah. So. so, I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, yeah, at all ages, but I'm saying like when it's like you start seeing, I don't know, it just starts yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. Like, and you could, you could die of not of old age. You, yeah. The goal is, but you know. Yeah. Now, isn't it know. a country song? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but live like you were dying. Yeah, that's a uh, oh, what's his face? That's um, Tim McGraw. So there you go. So that's a that's a good yeah, message a too in that song because he's got like that whole song talks about how a guy got diagnosed with cancer and instead of living like in mourning, he was like, "Well, I'm gonna live like I'm dying." So he's like, "I'm gonna go skydive and I'm gonna do this and that, do all this crazy shit." Because it's like, it's that, like uh, one episode of The Simpsons where <laughs> Homer ate the tuna. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that episode. Shit, that is a good one. Honestly, I kind of want to watch that one now again after after this podcast. That is a good episode where they're waiting for him to die. Like he gives him yeah. like seven days or something, or maybe that's from a different movie. Oh, The Ring. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, I know Carl Weathers. That's another bummer. Uh, Chubbs. I know you guys are more familiar with him than or know more details about him than me. But I obviously everybody loves Chubbs. So he was is- he was set up to be in a Super Bowl commercial with um, Gronk, and uh, they're not going to wow. air it anymore out of respect. Okay, it's like I'm sure they filmed it. Yeah. It was filmed a couple um, months ago, yeah. yeah. There, it was already online. You can see it. So yeah, there, there's there's plenty of like iconic things he's known for. I'm like, what did I miss in his career here? And I went and looked. Like, no, he wasn't really in a lot of stuff. Like, he wasn't very active. Like recently, the Mandalorian. Know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all like, stuff you've seen. There wasn't a lot of little between, things. I don't think. Between Rocky three, or between Rocky four and the Predator, he was in nothing. He did nothing. So he did four Rocky movies in a span of. Six years or whatever that was, then took years off, did Predator, then did a couple things, and then, yeah, when he came back for like uh, Happy Gilmore, it was like, oh, remember that guy from Creed? And then like he did a couple cameos for Adam Sandler, and then yeah, uh, Arrested Development is one of the big things people have been you know spreading around. It was a great, uh, more than a cameo, you know, guest guest role for a few episodes. Combat uh, Carl, really making fun of himself and everything, um, but yeah, it was a it was a. Uh, uh, definitely a career that I'll live on. Like those are some things like obviously Rocky and Predator are like, they already have stood the test of time. It's been, you know, 30 plus years for those movies, but. Um, Happy Gilmore yeah. too. Happy yeah, Gilmore is coming on 30 years. Uh, it definitely. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah it was What year was happening? Like 96 or 96. Great flick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are going to hear that. My dog is having a bad dream. 
Uh, we, I did not hear it. Not <laughs> He's doing his little like puppy bark. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, uh, bummer. Not an old guy either, and I mean, he still was active uh, doing the Mandalorian uh, as of late. So, yeah, yeah it's not like he was you know down and out or anything. I didn't even know that he was uh played a couple years for the Raiders. So oh, that's yeah. pretty pretty cool. What uh? So what? Wait, what did he end up passing away from? I don't know if they reported it. I think it just, just he passed away peacefully of old age. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's some you know injuries yeah. and whatnot from just heavy duty pumping iron and what yeah, other you know things he's sustained over his time. Yeah, it's it's undisclosed, but he was yeah. 76. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it is crazy. I I talked about it not that long ago, but like we had all these. The deaths of black guys with cool voices. You can add him to the list. So, you know, yeah. Lance Reddick and uh, Andre Brower. For that sounds like a Final time. Destination uh, spinoff right yeah. there. You got to go find them all. I mean, Morgan Freeman is still out there. He's almost 90. Luckily, so. he was just yeah. spotted at a uh, a college basketball game, I think it was, unless it was an old photo. Yeah. Some guy, some kid on the team. I don't remember I feel where like it was. every photo of Morgan Freeman is an old photo. Yeah. <laughs> From 1991. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, bummer for sure. Um, okay. Well, we've been pretty down this whole beginning of the pod. Let's get a little, hopefully a little bit more uplifting. We have some new movies coming to Netflix. Yeah. So Netflix uh, put out a thing about their, their, their upcoming schedule of movies for uh, I think at least the first half of the year. I mean, I think they'll, I don't know. They did say they're going to pull back on some of like their like Oscar stuff at the end of the year, but I think they'll still have some big stuff. But um, so I'll just go through a few of them here. Uh, on February 23rd, you should all be excited. Tyler Perry's Maya Culpa is coming out. So yeah, mark Finally. your calendars. <laughs> um, but now after that, we got a, on March 1st, Spaceman. That's an Adam Sandler movie. We talked about that trailer that came out a few weeks ago. Uh, there's Damsel coming out on March 8th. That's uh, the Stranger Things girl, I believe. Uh, seems like a movie that they they spend a good amount of money on. Um, in April, we got Rebel Moon Part 2, which uh, I have not yet watched Rebel Moon Part 1 because it got such horrible reviews that I'm like, uh, I'll wait till Part 2 and maybe if they'll do the director's cut or whatever. Because um, the story behind that was that like Zack Snyder gave them a two-hour PG-13 cut in, in time for Christmas. But of course, that's not the movie he wanted to make, um, which is, that's, I don't know, that's his whole thing now. Is like, oh, the studios will make me do this other version, and then a year later I'll put out a better version. So, uh, yeah, he's putting out part two of this in, in April, and I don't know if that's going to be any better or not. Um, but then after that, here we got one I'm very excited about. Finally see some, we saw a, a photo of it during this press release. Unfrosted, the Pop-Tart story. This oh is directed by directed and starring Jerry Seinfeld. So oh, uh, the story, I guess he's obsessed with pop tarts. So this is uh, the story of how the pop tart was invented. So uh, that's coming May third uh, on June seventh. We've got Hitman. This is uh, Richard Linklater uh, starring Glenn Powell. Should be should be a good one there. Wait. July third, we got Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. The uh, oh yeah fourth, uh, and then. August 16th, a Mark Wahlberg action movie called The Union with Halle Berry. So, you know, Mark Wahlberg makes like four of these action movies a year for various streamers and no one really watches them. But, uh, you know, this one's got Halle Berry. She's she's 
still a name. J.K. Simmons as well. Does it? Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's a guy. He sure is. Is that all? Yeah, that's all I've got. Oh. That's all they have dated. Uh, they have some other stuff. I don't know when any of it's coming out, but it's it's Netflix. They make like 45 things per month, and then no yeah. one watches them, but they're there. Yeah, someone will check them out eventually. Um, there's a new sports streaming service. Yeah, this one's breaking news. Uh, oh. Disney, Fox, and Warner Brothers have uh, agreed to team up to create a new streaming service for all of their sports. So uh, Disney, of course, would include ESPN. Fox has Fox Sports 1, and WB is all the Turner stuff. Um, maybe some other things there. Um, and not a lot of details yet. I don't know anything on pricing or what actually would be available. Uh, what's interesting is at least on the Disney and WB side is they already do uh, offer their sports stuff on their streaming services. You can get ESPN Plus and you can get uh, Max now has sports, which I've been, uh, has been free as a, as a free addition to your Max subscription. But I think uh, starting in the spring will be $20, $20 extra. Wow. Um, so I don't know what the future is on any of this stuff, but this is a new like bundle you can get. Yeah. We're, we're just going back to cable. Yeah, it's it's there's just a lot of hiccups here, and especially this one is like, wow, that seems like a really cool idea, and it was in 2010 when they invented Hulu, which of course, how Hulu ended is one company ended up owning it, but that was the original idea of Hulu was all the major companies would each own a stake in it, and they would put all their shows on there, and then you only have to have one subscription. And it was forty dollars. <laughs> it did not work. They, uh, you know, Disney bought out Fox, and then. Uh, now they're going to buy out NBC. Um, so NBC is the notable, notably absent from this, um, as well as no golf. I guess, I guess CBS, no NASCAR. Well. Yeah. Um, so you're going to lose NBC. Um, and and the Fox here, which is interesting, is like, well, Disney bought Fox. Well, no, Disney bought Fox Studios, but Fox Sports remained with uh, Rupert Murdoch there. So it, it's still they are reteaming again with uh, that company. That does uh, Fox Sports 1. Well, yeah. Um, I guess it's cheaper, but you just kind of, you know, merry-go-round on which ones you want at each yeah. any given month. It's like, or you can just pay for cable. Like, remember when DirecTV had a thousand channels? You could watch all of this shit with one remote. I think the idea for this will be like, you could do Netflix and this, and you'll be able to watch sports, and you'll have a selection of new shows and stuff, but... Uh, I don't know. It's like, yeah, if you already have all the other services, do you need this? No. And if you have Hulu Live, do you need this? No. Do you, if you have whatever the other ones, other alternatives? But it's just, I don't know, another option here. It's there. I don't know. Someone will have it. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, I don't think there's a way to stream Fox Sports 1 um, standalone. And it's not part of any. Fox doesn't have its own streaming service. So that's the big addition. But Yeah. Okay, um, there's an SNL story. Yeah, so this is an interesting one here. Uh, Shane Gillis is going to host Saturday Night Live. Why is that notable? Um, I mean, he's a popular comedian. You have popular comedians host SNL all the time. Uh, if you don't know the whole story about Shane Gillis, uh, one of one of his uh, one of the big moments in his life was uh, getting hired at SNL and then shortly being fired. So, so kind of like an or- it's kind of his origin story. Is this uh, like was- a you know, look at me now. You you wanted me to be a guest, kind of thing. He's because he's so successful, or or what is this for? 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to host, so he's he's now successful enough to host the show. I have uh, seen one after, of his stand-ups. After not, uh, you know, being able to appear. And so there's definitely, a, like, a thought of, like, well, what what would have happened if he actually did get on the show? He could have gotten buried and not been, uh, not been able to do a stand-up as much and then not be a big star. And it's kind of like it all worked out for him. Um, but, yeah, I think four years ago, 2019, he was supposed to be part of the new cast. And after he was announced, people all dug into his history. You know, they they do they look at every tweet you ever did, every podcast appearance, and uh, they found some stuff that was uh, a little offensive, including, uh, I know I've talked to you about it, doing Asian voices. Um, you know, dumb, stereotypical Asian you know, voices on a podcast. Last uh, week, I talked about how I watched Full House. Every one of those actors, the adults, did uh, an Asian voice when they were making their Asian food. Yeah. So <laughs> that show was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. That was standard. Like everyone in the audience laughed their little heads off. So, um, yeah. So after that, SNL was like, all right, well, you know, it's not a huge investment in these younger people anyway. So they're like, all right, we're not going to go forward with him. We're going to. I guess we're not firing him because he never actually spent a day on the job, but we're going to reverse our decision to hire him. Um, and that, that I think did that helped his career because he came, became kind of a martyr free press was able to get, uh, yeah, able to get uh, more opportunities for that. And I think, um, you know, you, you see, he's, he's now one of the well, more well-known standups. And so, uh, yeah, now he's coming back to SNL and it'll be interesting. What's, uh, how they'll, they'll treat that, how they'll talk about it. I think make fun of themselves about it. Um, and is he any good? I mean, he's a standup being a standup doesn't mean you're going to be any good at sketch comedy. What if he knocks it out of the park, Andy? Yeah. He's like, I've got these I three great characters I was bringing to the show. And yeah. like, I do, a, I do great impressions of all these famous people. Because he doesn't seem like that kind of guy, you know? He's not an, an impressionist. He's not a sketch guy from what I can see. But mm-hmm. yeah. You never know. I don't know. All right. Well, we're going to get into what we've been watching. But before we do, that portion of the pod is brought to you by our good friends at thecliplessleash.com. Head over to thecliplessleash.com and pick up the dog leash you didn't know you needed. This leash works through the dog's current collar or harness. And when you plug in promo code... Tony. That is... T-O-N-Y. You're going to get 65% off at checkout because they're friends of the pod. So head over to thecliplessleash.com. Plug in promo code Tony for 65% off at checkout. It is the dog leash you've been waiting for. I have two and a half... I have like one and a half, but I mean, I will just call it two because, yeah, <laughs> one three, and a half, two. <laughs> three and three quarters is what um, I got. I might have been more like <laughs> two thirds. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, who, uh, who wants to lead us off? I'm uh, just going to say something, right? Because quick here. Uh, Kirby Enthusiasm came back this week. I watched. That's one of first. mine, Andy. Okay, well, I watched the first episode. Uh, it's the final season, and Larry David's been doing this whole media tour saying it's definitely the final season. I'm old. I'm done. Um, and he says, you better believe me this time. But it's like, you know, you said that before. Did you uh, see in uh, Culver City they had a Latte Larry's? No. A pop-up over the weekend. Did they get that real actor to, to do it? I don't think so. It was just some uh, coffee shop, and the owner like yeah. got bought out by, you know, HBO for the weekend to just change his name. You couldn't use a bathroom and it was uh, just lattes and scones, dry scones. 
pretty good. All right. Yeah. I didn't go, but okay. someone on the news is like, yeah, I drove up from San Diego to to, to, to come here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Come on. It's not like Larry David was going to be there and shake your hand or anything. No. Um, but even, I, even though I, I laughed at this episode, I feel like this was like the most ridiculous premise um, in this first episode. Well. Um, maybe it, not the premise, but one of the events of it. Which so, specific event? Well, so the whole thing is like it's kind of like the Nicolas Cage movie where he's getting he's going to go yeah. to a, a rich guy's birthday party, get but paid to do it. He wasn't a killer drug dealer. He was just yeah. a guy from District Nine. Yeah, nice, nice African gentleman. Yeah, um, but he uh, after the after the party, the guy's like, "Oh, I'm not paying you because you didn't live up to the contract." And it completely took me out of the rest of the show, which was like the end of it, anyways. But I was like, "No, nah, this is not how that works. Like, that guy doesn't have a case. Like, I'm thinking of like contract law and being like, no, his manager would immediately sue, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this whole thing of like, well, I got to make it up to this guy. And it's like, it, what it reminded me of was, um, if you remember in Seinfeld, when they were writing Seinfeld with with George, and it's like, well, it's going to be a show about nothing, and then the studio eventually forces him to write a plot. And it's like, what's the whole thing is like Jerry has to become a Butler or something. Remember that? No, he has was, to get a Butler because the guy okay. crashed into him. That's what it's so the guy has to be a Butler for Jerry. And it's like, well, that's incredibly stupid. And it's like clearly a commentary by Larry David and everyone else of like how stupid sitcom plots are. Um, and then here we are, you know, 30 years later. And I'm like, this is a really dumb sitcom plot of, the guy's not going to pay. Like, I don't think that's going to work. Like, I think yeah. Larry David's knows some good lawyers here. And I'm like, why am I thinking of that instead of like the comedy here? But yeah, I mean, it was a, <laughs> a small enough piece. I, I liked the, uh, the money in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. There was some, some laughs in there. I mean, it was a fine opening, uh, episode of the new season. Um, I will kind of agree. And I, I hope it's not one of those where, Every episode is like that. I don't think that'll be the case. Well, I wonder, but, like you got to see like Ted Danson at least. If this is the final season. You got to you got to get all the old hits. Oh yeah, there. you got to get um, the whole band back together. Yeah. Um, I think my my favorite joke was just Leon where they're talking about butt dialing, and he's like, I keep my phone yeah. in my front pocket, but sometimes I dick dial. <laughs> <laughs> he ordered a pizza, didn't he? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That. I kind of didn't know it was coming back, and then I saw an ad on like Friday. So nice! I didn't have to wait very long. Very good. I uh, I'll go. I'll do one of mine really quick. So the other night, believe it or not, I've never seen it from start to finish, and uh, it's gonna stay that way. Uh, the other night, I came home, and I uh, I think it was on Friday night or something, and I threw on a. Uh, the Blair Witch Project, the original one, and whenever I think of this movie, I always think of one thing. My dad bought this movie. In the 90s when it came out. And to this day always says it was the worst purchase he ever bought because he just, you know, at the time this was one of the first like found footage POV horror movies. So I think my dad just wasn't getting it and probably wasn't like buying into it. And it's funny because as I watch it, I can see I was laughing at times because I could see why my dad didn't like it. And uh, I ended up falling asleep because it was after I, I mean, it was early in the night, but I had gone to like happy hour after work Friday. And by seven o'clock, I was feeling very good. And learned quickly why I, uh, someone had ordered me a shot of Patron. I learned quickly why I don't drink tequila. It just transforms me into a person I just don't care for. But anyway, I, uh, 
I went home and it was like, but the, what's nice about getting like that mid after like early evening buzz is that you're in bed early. Like, I think I was probably fell asleep at like nine, 10 o'clock on, a, you know, it's nice. Welcome to my Friday. world. So anyway, I fell asleep. But the things I find interesting about that movie was because I, I'm sure I've told you guys before, but maybe you knew or didn't, but the, <clears throat> the actress in that movie, the main character says how, because it was such a weird thing at the time that she actually thought it was a, uh, a snuff film where they actually, you know, kill you on the movie, like shit you can find on obviously like the dark, dark web. And uh, so she carried a knife on her at all times. And what? we were looking at some stuff on uh, I was looking it up and stuff. And there was one thing about somebody was talking about how uh, one of her fr- good f- close friends was one of the guys that was like part of that movie and stuff and said that they apparently there was a scene in the woods where they actually really did terrorize these kids or something like that. And then they also talk about how when the movie ended, like the end scene that I guess she's st- like, even when the cameras were done rolling that that actress stayed screaming and crying for like 15 minutes because it was also like real feeling to her and shit like that. And it's like, it was definitely the first of its kind. I mean, that's the one thing about Blair, Witch. I know it made a lot of money because again, one of those low budget movies that people got into. And I, I still think POV horror is some of the best type of horror. You know, I know we've watched some of those, the VHS tapes that Andy and I have watched together, the paranormal activities. Uh, I, I, I just think those movies are like so creepy, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I like I said, didn't get to finish it still, so I still got to, but. I think I think the best part is the last. No, 100%. Movie, it builds so. it all up. Yeah. I've that, seen the other ones. And it's uh, it's still, well, I've never seen any of the sequels. I don't think well, no, I did see that. One. I felt like I saw one of them one. with you guys. There's the one that came out like five years ago. When they're like yeah. going to like, there actually is like a giant late like witch creature Was or something like that. Mm, I'm pretty sure know. I watched that with you guys at uh, the old house. But uh, it, it's still very um, resonant in culture today because uh, episode three of uh, True Detective had like a very uh, obvious Blair Witch reference in it. And I was like, oh, it's just like Blair Witch. It's very interesting. So, that yeah, movie... Uh, scared me not because i saw it i didn't see it at first but my brother you know always trying to scare the daylights out of me same uh with like uh texas chainsaw massacre he's like you know this happened uh the texas chainsaw massacre one he couldn't get away with saying this but he for blair witch he's like this uh this is found footage from the woods not far from our house (laughs) um they haven't found this witch either so like, oh, great. Five-year-old me is going to sleep well for the next month. And that that's what is cool about those movies is because it, they do a good job making it seem like it was friends of ours or something went into the woods and filmed and like this shit started happening. So pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Let's terrorize all the five-year-olds with older brothers. Well, yeah, that's... Goddamn. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Whatever year that even came out. I think that was like 99-ish or something. So it was nine? You tell us, Sean. You tell us. That's when it came out. <laughs> Let's I don't see, have it uh, up on my little uh, program. I got it right here. The Blair Witch. Yeah, 99. And yeah. Then, yeah, one came out in 16. It's funny, which, too, because yeah, it says... I do think we watched. It had all those little, like, dream catchers in the woods, right? Yeah. So the, the thing is with this is it says it... That one it, had a drone, I remember. It came out in 99, but it's supposed to take place in, like, 94. Like, the whole thing is, like, it was, like, found footage just, or something. It was, like, the cops found it, like, three years ago, and now they just released it to public or something. Yeah. yeah. From, uh, you know, MGM. Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah, remember watching the that. second one. It was one of those things where, like, my sister's boyfriend brought over a black box so you could hack into HBO. 
and watched it. And no, it was bad. Whenever I think of hacking in to watch movies, I just think of when we had that app or whatever we had at old producer Luke's house. And when we tried to watch the movie split and we thought we found it. And then the opening scene was like some guy bowling. And we're like, I think this is the wrong split. Oh my gosh. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that even was. It was like some sort of fire stick or something. It, it was, was Cody. Yeah, that's right. Cody. Yeah. yeah. And it, but and remember it, it was it like was some, through the Xbox or something. Some worked really well. And then some, it was like a pain in the ass. You just couldn't it had do to it. Go stream from someone, someone hosting it somewhere. And yeah. Didn't we watch a weird Annabelle or something? Oh yeah, I mean we watched, watched a few a things lot, on it, but sure. I mean it was definitely not just a one or two time thing. It was we definitely watched a handful of stuff on it, but it was some things were more difficult, and I think it was the I stuff that was still in theaters. Are you afraid of the dark on there? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, this is in one hundred p. That was <laughs> pre Paramount. <laughs> yeah. I can yeah. watch that, uh, you know, as you please. Well, very good, uh, there, Tony Katz. Um, I have how many do you have left? I have one and two thirds. Okay, I guess you can knock those out. I mean, I got I got one left as well. Okay, so I'll be quick about one and a little bit more drawn out about the other. Uh, I am two-thirds of the way done in my uh, three-night premiere of Killers of the Flower Moon. And uh, Andy, I've, I'm going to say this. Uh, if I didn't have the respect for Scorsese, I probably wouldn't finish this film. It does seem like it's about to take off. I think I have about an hour left. But it's it's just not doing much for me at this point. Um, I don't know. It just seems like yeah, let's. Here's a bunch of Indian people that have a lot of money, and everyone's killing them so that they can get the money. Um, it's just kind of sad. But Jesse Plemons just entered the scene, so it seems like it's about to get better. But I don't know. Also, it's like it's not The Departed. You know, it's it's not. Good fellas. That's like the halfway part. I think there's like an hour and change left or something. Um, Yeah, I mean, the original the original version of of the movie was supposed to be starting at that point. Um, Then they decided Mm -hmm. they wanted to like really set up the whole thing. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. It's been interesting. Um, I don't know how factual all of it is. I assume it's close enough. Um, Yeah. I mean, the, the big thing is just that the ages are way off. Like Leo's right. character is supposed to be like twenty two, and De Niro is supposed to be like fifty. Yeah, he's back from war and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I like I said, I will finish it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. it's you not going to be Brendan f- Fraser. So oh yeah, I see. I, I'm still waiting for other people to be in this film. Uh, I forgot he was even in there. Where him, where the heck is and, Lithgow? Yeah, him and Lithgow are the, are the lawyers. So you got to okay. wait until the. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll come in next week with a, a full you know breakdown. But um, that's where I'm at right now. Now, uh, the other thing, my last thing on here, which so as you can tell, I, I picked up uh, Apple TV Plus uh, because also next Friday and I might even take work off for this. Uh, Napoleon will be premiering it is expected to be premiering. I'm very excited about that. Um, but I started just shopping around. There is a TV miniseries. You tell me if you guys have heard of this. A uh, couple years old, starring Greg Kinnear, Paul Walter Hauser, Ray Liotta, and Taron Egerton. Rocket Man himself. Yeah, uh, it, um, he, he won an, Paul Walter Hauser won the Emmy or the Golden Globe or something for that. He was exceptional. Yeah. So it yeah. it's a based on a true story from the 90s. What was it called uh, again? Blackbird. Yeah, I didn't say the name. Yeah. Um, it's only six episodes, about an hour a pop, and uh, it follows Taron Egerton, 
who is dealing drugs and he has some heavy duty guns. And so he goes to jail and they basically say, hey, we're trying to get this you know, serial killer to confess to more than we have him on one. We think he has killed more, 14 or more women, but we can only have him on one. He's going to walk and he's not talking to anyone. We're going to send you to this super max uh, prison. He's at like a regular one and he's thriving there. He's making money, he says. Uh, and we'll we'll just pull your sentence. You you are going to do 10 years. By the way, your dad's dying. So you want to see him or not? And uh, he decides to. And he befriends this guy. And it's it gets kind of dark, but it's not crazy. It's all just, you know, there's not like flashbacks that are graphic or anything like that. But it, it it's mostly just him kind of talking about it. And it's not a whole lot of talk. It's a lot of story building. Um it's good. It's it's very entertaining. Um, I enjoyed it. So check that out on Apple TV Plus if you have it. It is $10 a month now. They know what they have at this point. Um, but fairly fast, six episodes, hour pop. The other thing that they are going to have, and I saw the first images of it today, uh, Michael Douglas, Ben Franklin. Yeah, so. but that's like a year out, isn't it? Uh, I feel like it's out in like May or something like that. I'm very excited about that. I think I talked about that when they first announced it on the pod. uh, Because, I mean, everyone loves... um, Oh, dang. Why am I blanking on it? Same people as John Adams. John Adams. I was going to say Sam Adams. Sam Adams is pretty good, too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Wonderful. I thought that's who you guys were talking about when you said the Patriot guy or something. That was one of the best. We were talking about Sam Adams. And I think I thought you were talking about the guy on the bottle. And you were talking about somebody else, and I was like, "Yeah, he's the Patriot-looking guy." But yeah. it was like you were talking about like the owner. I think <laughs> that's always like looks like oh, he's right, got the drunk yeah. eyes. And I was like, "Yeah, the Patriot-looking guy." It's a uh, Franklin is due out April twelfth. That's a Friday. There you go. Oh, Terrific. Eight episodes. Thirteenth, I believe. Mm, marvelous. So yeah, those are my uh, few because Kerbo's also on my list. Who uh, who wants to go next? Um, I will go next. I can finish. I can just finish this off. Um, <clears throat> I watched a, a documentary on Amazon, which I never even knew this event happened. And it was the 1984 McDonald's massacre, which is, and it's called 77 minutes, but it's about, uh, in San Diego in 1984 in uh, San or whatever it's called like that. It was, uh, there was a, it, and I guess at the time it was the biggest mass shooting in the history, but it was, a. Uh, some nut job walked into a McDonald's in about four o'clock in the afternoon or something like that on a, I don't know if it was a weekend or weekday. And it was, um, had an Uzi on him, a shotgun and a nine millimeter and lit up the place. And Terminator uh, was looking for Sarah Connor. Yeah. And, uh, uh, 19 people ended up dying and with the, uh, oldest being some people, I think in their seventies and the youngest being an eight month year old infant. And, you know, eight-year-old girl was killed, like a 12-year-old, 11-year-old, like children. Like, I mean, he went after everybody in there. And uh, uh, they, the whole thing about this documentary that it kind of focuses on is about the cops, about how they talked about how from when the first gun fired went off until finally one of the cops shot him, 77 minutes took place. And you've got, you know, you know they obviously interview in this documentary a lot of the, the you know, victims' families and stuff. And they... You know, every that was one of the biggest things everybody was upset about was why did it take so long? Like there was people in there that were 
maybe, you know, could have, if the paramedics were able to get to them, like could have, you know, baby survived and like, you know, all this stuff. But again, though, you got to remember it was 1984, not 2024. And it was a different time then. Like there wasn't, this was at the time it was, they, they'd never seen anything quite like this and <clears throat> with active shooters and stuff like that. So, uh, pretty, pretty gnarly. And the thing about this documentary is they show like the actual footage of when these guys walked into the McDonald's and you see all the, they go up close and personal with it. You see all these bodies on the floor and stuff. And it's, it's gnarly. Like it's, it's like almost like a vice documentary where, and I think that, you know, Amazon, I feel like is one of those streaming services that have a kind of is like similar to, you know, vice. I feel like they want to kind of be like that where they'll go really gnarly into the details. Like you got like TVMA documentaries and that's pretty much what this was. And, uh, uh, yeah, I just never, never even had heard about this. Uh, and it was one of those things where the guy, you know, when, uh, you know, basically it was kind of, you know, was crazy and he seeked help one of the days, but the therapist or whatever, like put him on hold and they never got back to him or something like that. And I guess he basically told his wife that I'm going to go out hunting humans or something like that. And I think she kind of was like, uh, what? And yeah, was and went to that. And I guess they said he did target this specific area because it was highly Mexican populated. And I guess he had moved from Ohio to Tijuana and lost his job there or something. And, had just resentment towards Hispanic people and went to a heavily Hispanic area and, you know, shot them up, you know, whatever. And then, uh, he ended up dying cause a sniper was able to shoot him and got him like straight in the chest or something like that. Took him out, but it's a gnarly thing. And then, uh, the wife, uh, there was something in there that I thought was so silly that the wife tried suing McDonald's saying that it was the McDonald's food that made her husband go crazy and she lost <laughs> as you can imagine and it's like okay maybe she was a little bit of a nut job also but it's yeah it was crazy how uh you know like you just think about going into a place that's you know a bunch of children and stuff and just to, like be able to be at that point in your life where you've got that in you where you're capable of doing something like that so yeah definitely interesting it was a long documentary i mean it was you know about an hour and a half but it was you know, pretty, pretty intense though. Like, uh, you know, with, you know, the people that had to go through that, I mean, workers obviously died and they you hear the sad stories about like one of the managers there that died was like 22 and she just got him back from her honeymoon and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, and they, it was pretty intense to be honest, if I have to say so with like the footage they show and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I never knew that it, that it happened. And I, you know, he texted my mom about it. And she's like, Oh yeah, I remember that. And it was like, cause my aunt lived in, San Diego. I don't remember where she moved there. I feel like she moved in there in the nineties, but I even asked like, how close was this to Aunt Jenny's house? And she's like, Oh yeah, it wasn't like too, too far because there was a one footage they showed where there was like these white rocks in a planter. And that was one of the things I remember as a kid when the neighborhoods that she lived in was that was a lot of the landscape out there was these specific white rocks that were all filled in all these planters. So I was like, Oh, kind of uh, threw me back a little bit, but yeah, definitely uh, interesting. And now it says it ranks as the fifth largest mass murder with 19 people being killed Ugh. or murdered. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess they said it was technically 21 if you count the shooter. And then the fact that I think one of the ladies was pregnant. So, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, whacked out people in the world. Uh, Andy, right. did you have anything else? Yeah, I've got two more here. Uh, so I watched the last two Best Picture winners or Best Picture nominees that I had not seen yet. So I will uh, start out with uh, 
Maestro on Netflix, uh, Bradley Cooper starring and directing a uh, movie about Leonard Bernstein, the uh, the composer, who uh, I'd say best known for any of us is uh, being a lyric in the R.E.M. song. Um, but he was a, a very famous composer in the 50s through the 80s, like very, very long career. Um, and uh, yeah, this movie does. It's similar, I'd say, to the Steve Jobs um Fastbender movie where it's not going over every single event of his life, but kind of like zeroing in on a, on a few moments here. Does he um, leave his pants off until the last minute to keep the crease? No, there's there's nothing nothing like that. I mean, there's not even that many like events that they're they're doing. It's because uh, it's supposed to be really focused on his like his marriage. So Carrie Mulligan plays his wife and is is really a co lead. She's nominated for best actress and everything um and that's i'd say the really the point of this movie it's two really good actors being good actors uh but i didn't enjoy it it's it's they're doing voices it's old-timey like new york voices um and i feel like is this even real it's just very it's very like show tunes feeling because it's like that makes sense he he was composer of musicals and other stuff but um like I, i i could see the craft of it i could see the skill of the acting um, but this, like, this just did not interest me in any way. Like, I don't think it was the greatest story. I would have rather watched a, pre, uh, a, a more basic biopic where you just go over the guy's life. And like, and then he did this and then he did this. Like, I think that would actually be more interesting to me. Um, so yeah, did, did not love this one. Um, and I didn't, I don't like either of Bradley Cooper's, uh, movies he directed. Uh, cause he did A Star is Born with Lady Gaga, you know, five years ago. Um, I, I think I like the guy as an actor, but I haven't liked either of these two movies. Uh, so maybe don't, or maybe do something different. I think the problem is that the Bradley Cooper characters I like are kind of like aggressive assholes. Like you think like Wedding Crashers or Rocket Raccoon or uh, American Hustle. Whereas the two movies he's directed is just, he's not been that. I mean, this one, he's a, he's a gay Jewish uh, composer <laughs> and in, the other movie, he was just an alcoholic country singer. It's like, I don't think that's what I want from him. But uh, yeah, anyways, uh, that's that's my story. I like it's, more so when he's Netflix. a dick and he's knocking over Vince Vaughn or when he's a... Uh, actually, that's probably it. Yeah. Now, he was really good in a licorice pe- pizza from a couple years ago, too, where he's playing mm-hmm. an asshole. Um, so I think that's kind of what he's, he's better at. I mean, he obviously was an asshole in The Hangover, even though I don't love those movies. I think he's... Yeah, he's good in them. I think isn't his name Sack in Wedding Crashers? Well, I think that's just Christopher Walken can't pronounce Z's. That's my guess. That's <laughs> 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 pretty good. Yeah, I was thinking about watching this, but I haven't. There's so much stuff, you know. There always will be. You just watched the girl version of this with uh, Clay- Kate Blanchett. It's like, yeah, what? that's the thing is, Tar is so much better. I love Tar. It was so much more interesting, and uh, you know, it was it was more like a thriller. It was, it was fun. This the plot. In this doesn't. It's just kind of showing a guy's life, and you know, he he's married to a woman, but he's actually gay, and he is always fucking guys. It's like cool. I don't know. Whatever. That was a thing back in the day. You had to do that. That's still a thing. <laughs> 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 um, 
All right. Well, I'll close with a uh, a happier subject here, and yeah, you'll see why that's a bad thing to say. Uh, the other movie I watched is The Zone of Interest. So this is a uh, a German language movie. Um, I believe it was you know it was made in Poland, uh, where it takes place. Uh, the director Jonathan Glazer. Uh, he's only made like four movies in 25 years, um, and the last movie he made was Under the Skin, uh, which is a movie we might have watched on that Cody thing. It was the Scarlett Johansson movie where she's the alien. Oh, wait, we did watch she, that. She like yeah. stalks guys and then just kills them because she's an alien or something, but it's very like abstract and everything. So this is another uh, strange one. Um, not abstract, I would say. Um, so the premise here is it's a, a German family in Poland in World War II. Uh, and the movie is just kind of them living their life, you know, a couple, they have kids and their relationship, everything. Uh, now the, uh, I guess the, the hook of the movie here is that the, uh, the husband there is, uh, he runs Auschwitz. So they live just outside the gates of the concentration camp there. And the movie never really goes into what's happening at the camp, but it's always there in the background. It is there in the sound it is there. You see smokestacks in the background, and it's just uh, very disturbing. Um, and it's that just juxtaposition of like, okay, the wife is trying to you know plant the garden, and then in the background, or you hear gunshots, or you hear faint screaming. Uh, the skies will be orange, and it's just like, fuck, this is fucking brutal. Uh, you're just always reminded of of that. While these people live their lives and, you know, they just kind of go about their day. And it's like, well, this is totally normal. This is what our lives are. Uh, so it's just that kind of uh, horror, like a real everyday horror. I mean, horror based on the real most horror? Horror, horrific thing I can think of that's happened in human history, you know? Yeah, probably. Um, and, it's, and especially, like, after watching the movie, uh, reading about, because I... I'm not super caught up on everything that happened there and what uh, what that was. That's that was that's the lowest of what happened there of all the things uh, that happened during you know in Nazi Nazis reign. That's definitely the worst, and the worst of it actually happens after the events of this movie. Uh, so learning that history was you know kind of crazy. Um, where it's like, oh, this guy was just a he was he seemed like a good father, and also he murdered millions of people. So. Uh, yeah, but it's, I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, it just now kind of got into real theaters. Um, I think after it got the best picture nomination, it's like, yeah, we should actually put this out and not make it only available to seven people. Um, but I, I do have to wonder if people going in, going into it, not knowing what it is, there was a baby in this, the, the showing that I watched. Um, and I was like, well, this is a mistake. You don't bring your baby into this, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, like don't. This wouldn't be like a good fun date night movie or like a, you know, Friday night fun movie. It's nothing like that. But uh, I, I I thought it was incredible. So that is the zone of interest. And uh, now that I've watched all ten of the best picture nominees, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly rank them here. Oh, um, so you can probably guess Maestro is my least favorite. Uh, now the thing is, eight of the top ten are in my top twenty five. So it was a good year, I think. And my ninth movie is Barbie, which I think is still very good. Like, I think it's still worth watching uh, for everyone, whether young, old, man or woman. It is a, a fun movie uh, with good, fun performances and interesting and everything. So the fact that it's number nine on the list does not mean it's bad. 
Uh, number eight, I have Past Lives. Number seven, American Fiction. Number six, The Holdovers. Number five, Poor Things. Uh, number four, The Zone of Interest. Three, Anatomy of a Fall. Two, Killers of the Flower Moon. And one, Oppenheimer. So that is my uh, power ranking of the Best Picture nominees. So that is not my top ten oh. for the whole year, but that is just how I ranked the uh, the uh, nominees here. So. Um, as you see, I, I like Killers of Flower Moon a bit more than you. Uh, well, I do think I there's, I do think there's value in just seeing a movie in the theater and being captive there. Yeah, and, and I enjoyed started, some nice popcorn. I was pretty tired. I think I was watching it on Saturday or Sunday. Maybe I wa- I started it two nights ago. Yeah, I've been going every night. I think. Yeah. But. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else to add? That is it. All right, well, that'll wrap us up for episode 362 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, who had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you for listening. We'll see you later.